This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome, everybody, to episode five of Spoonie's Celtic Show. I'm still here, still doing it. I really appreciate all the love people have been showing, all the support. So today, what I'm going to talk about is Derek White, the newest Celtic. Well, maybe not. I guess technically there's a few newer Celtics. Shout out Malik Fitz, <laughs> the the bench celebration god. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, the newest Celtic that matters Derek White. So D. White has had kind of an interesting addition. He's had an interesting first 11 games with the Celtics. I'll say that. I think it's sort of a tale of two sides of the ball, but I'll get into that with the more detailed advanced stats in a little bit. But first, you know, I'll just give you his basic numbers right now since he's joined the Celtics 11.2 points a game. 3.3 rebounds, a little bit of symmetry here, 3.3 assists, a steal, 1.1 blocks, so two stocks, pretty damn good, and he's shooting 41.3%, 26%, and a beautiful 82.8% from the free throw line, so jumps out early that his defensive numbers, the blocks and steals, really look great. Offensive numbers, kind of a well-rounded player. Assists, points, shooting percentages are not great, uh, but he is making his free throws. So, you know me, I don't care about traditional stats. That's not to say I don't care, but I just don't think they're super valuable. What I want to talk about and what I want to do on SCS, Spoonie's Chart Show, is really break down... Derek White's impact on this Celtics team because I said in our last episode when I of the Celtics Reddit podcast when I was on with Jay is that Derek White feels to me a lot like Marcus Smart in that his impact is not super quantifiable in individual or kind of traditional stats, right? Some advanced stats maybe get to it. So what I'm going to do today is first I'm going to look at some of his advanced stats on an individual basis. Okay, great. We know some will be pretty good, some will be bad, right? He's kind of had a shaky offensive start, at least, although I think his defense has jumped out. Then I'm going to do on-offs for offense and defense. So what these numbers are going to tell you is 
how the Celtics team plays when Derek White is on the court, right? Both for offense for and for defense. And then I'm going to look at two-man lineup data. And why I'm grabbing two-man lineup data is because the sample size is very small. So I think his highest played five-man lineup is like 45, 48 minutes. The two-man data, it's flawed, but it does give you kind of a bigger sample size to see who he's playing with a lot and how they're doing when they do play together. Alrighty, so let's start this up. I've called this section individual stats. I know I'm I'm very creative with my chart names. I know. <laughs> I need a writing staff. <laughs> All right. So if you're watching on YouTube, as always, you can see this whole chart. If you're not, what I'm laying out here is I've got the stat. I've got his value, aka what the stat is. And then I've got his team rank on the Celtics. Because unlike last the last two episodes where I was comparing Jason Tatum to other essentially superstars or stars or borderline all-stars in the case of Brandon Ingram, we know Derek White's not on that level, right? What I'm really interested in is how good is he for the Celtics? Where does he stack up against Marcus Smart? Where does he stack up against Grant Williams? Where does he stack up against Peyton Pritchard? How big of an upgrade is he on Peyton Pritchard, Right. That's what's really important. We know he's a role player. How good of a role player is he? So first number, net rating. And this is basically how much we outscore the other team per 100 possessions when this guy is on the court. And I will say, I'm going to tackle net rating in the on-offs, and it's not the same number. (laughs) I feel like it should be. I don't know. I've been racking my brain today as why it's not the same number, but it's not. So, uh, you know, you'll see what I mean when I get there. But right now, his net rating is 16.3. That's first on the team. We are spanking teams, spanking teams when Derek White is on the court right now. And we'll see why. We'll get to why. All signs point to something is working. When Derek White is on the court for having a 16 net rate. I mean, that's absurd. Obviously, tiny sample size, 11 games, 20-something minutes a game. But still, that that makes me interested in what I'm about to see next, right? When it's that crazy high. So, huge part of White's game, and I think one of the biggest reasons we brought him to the team is for his passing and ball moving, you know, everyone talks about, oh, he's a connector. He moves the ball. He passes the ball. How true is that? How true is that? So these next two stats are going to speak to that a little bit. First stat, assist percentage. This is the percentage of his possessions that end in an assist. It's 18.2%. That's that's very solid, very solid number. Smart leads the team with like 25 or something, which is great. I think it's a career high for Smart. Dirk White, fourth, fourth on the team. And I think given his role, that's great. He doesn't see a ton of the ball, especially when he's out there. He plays with Tatum and Smart fairly often. He doesn't see a ton of the ball. Um, but I, I think that goes to, you know, he he's moving the ball. He's moving the ball. He's fourth on the team in assist percentage for a guy that's not always a primary ball handler. I mean, I think that's that's solid. 
So this next stat we're going to look at here is potential assists. And I've talked about this stat before. I think I brought it up when I was talking about Tatum with the playmaking. Potential assists is passes that lead directly to a shot. So you can actually have a pass that is an assist and not a potential assist because, you know, scorekeepers are a little loose with the rules <laughs> with assists, I'll say. So this has to be, I don't, I don't even, I'm not sure they can even dribble, maybe one dribble. Uh, they're pretty, it seems like it's pretty narrow what the definition of a potential assist is. So he's at 5.5. That's that's not bad. Um, and again, I think given his role, that's totally fine. That's fifth on the team. Uh, I think Smart leads the team and, and Tatum is second on the team. So those are the two guys with the ball the most. I think Smart's passing stats have really taken a bump this year, which makes a lot of sense, right? He's playing more pure point guard. He's got the ball in his hands more. And Tatum, obviously, he's got the ball in his hands a lot as well. So, you know, White, these are numbers that are indicative of kind of a secondary ball handler type. You know, they're actually very similar to Jalen's. And that's exactly what we needed. We needed another guy who could take some offensive pressure off those two, make the right play, get an assist here or there, put some pressure on the rim. So all signs so far, uh, he's, you know, he's kind of as advertised, right? We're killing teams when he's on the floor. He's moving the ball. Next stat is free throw attempts per 100 possessions. So one thing I've noticed is D. White kind of, he's got these funky little like floaters and like off-footed layups and like in-between shots where he'll go he'll go up when he's got, somebody puts his their hands on him and he just goes up for the shot. And he gets fouled quite, I mean, they're kind of weak BS fouls, but hey, we'll take it, man. So this is how many free throw attempts d- does he take per 100 possessions? And he's at he's at five, 4.9. He's at five, uh, which is fourth on the team. Totally solid. Tatum's way up there. He's in first, uh, which has been a massive growth in his game. And I think an important part of his game and something he's gotten better at since his shot wasn't falling. Uh, but again, Derek White, fourth on the team, getting five free throws per 100 possessions. Totally respectable amount for a guy who's, you know, kind of a your fourth most important player when he's on the court. That's that's all just fine. Assist to turnover ratio is the next stat. So obviously, how many assists do you get per every one turnover? Or if you're really bad at this stat, how many tur- how many turnovers do you get per one assist? Uh, so Dirk White's actually second on the team, three point two seven. Can you guess who's first? It's Al Horford. <laughs> Al's at like three point six assists per turnover, and I think that just goes to Al being awesome, being such a smart player, being just a consummate professional. I mean, the dude is just a heady, smart basketball player. There's a reason he's still valuable, even though he's, you know, 35 years old. Um, But yeah, Derek White, great. Does not turn the ball over. That will be a theme. He does not turn the ball over. Okay. Now we're going to get to some limitations here and why he's, 
a role player, right? This is why he's a role player. True shooting percentage. It's an all-in-one shooting efficiency metric that takes into account free throws, okay? So, regardless, 52.7 true shooting percentage, good for eighth on the team. Very bad, very bad, very bad, very bad. Efficiency field goal percentage, all-in-one field goal percentage stat that does not take into account free throws. 47.6, ninth on the team. Not ideal, not ideal, not ideal. Okay. So what is this profiling as? We're murdering people when Derek White's on the floor. He's passing the ball. Initial, the kind of initial low-level defensive stats, stocks, you know, those look good. But he's super inefficient scoring. Okay. I'd say that matches the eye test, <laughs> right? I'd say it matches the eye test. But um, so real quick, before we get into the on-offs, which again is the on-offs for how the team does in stats when Derek White is on the floor. Okay. Before we get into that, I just want to hit a couple of these all-in-one stats that I talked about um, with the Tatum episode last week. Raptor, this is 538's number, tries to account for basically what's your plus-minus accounting for teammates and role, not role, but teammates and all that good stuff, right? Tries to regulate all the randomness out and give you a number. So... Derek White's at 4.2 Raptor for the season. I believe that includes his Spurs days. Um, That's second on the team behind Jason Tatum, who's like fourth in the league. (laughs) He's fourth in the league in Raptor. Uh, So Derek White, though, like head and shoulders above even Jalen, even above Rob, um, even above Al, who grades out very, very well in Raptor, especially defensive Raptor. Whew. Al might be next episode. I think we got to talk about Al. Uh, but regardless, Derek White, advanced stats, love him. Real plus minus. Again, same idea. It tries to give you a plus minus score and regulate out some of the randomness. It's 2.94 for Derek White. You can't sort by team, ESPN stat, they suck. But he's 60th in the NBA. That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. And then the worst named stat in America, the LeBron. This is B-Ball Index's stat, 1.32. That's sixth on the team, which I think is probably dead nuts on how I'd value him, importance to the team. I'd probably put him sixth. And hey, he's our sixth man. Um, Okay, so... We've got that. Let's move on to the on-off numbers. And I'm going to hit offense first because I think those shooting numbers tell you his offense is lagging behind his defense a little bit. And that's going to be absurdly clear when we get to these on-offs. All right. So the first stat I'm going to hit with these offensive on-offs, again, like I said, this number should match his personal on off or his personal net rating rather. Um, but it doesn't. So I don't know what's going on. If somebody knows, if somebody understands, please tell me, uh, what the hell's going on. And, uh, I'd really appreciate it. 
because uh, I'm too dumb to figure it out. Like I've been racking my brain. So net rating. What is the Celtics team's net rating when Derek White's on the court and when Derek White's off the court? When he's on, it's 10.7. When he's off, it's 7.6. So both of those numbers are crazy good. I mean, really good. Uh, But regardless, 3.1 points better per 100 possessions when Derek White's on the court. That's good. That's a a pretty significant difference. Uh, I will say... When we get into some of the lineup data, he shares the court with some, you know, shares the court with Tatum a lot, as everyone does, because he plays like 37 minutes a game. That helps, uh, but not for nothing. That's that's interesting. Okay, here's where things really start to get weird. Offensive rating. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll notice there's a huge gulf here, and it is not a huge gulf for the positive, for Derek White at least. So... On court, Derek White's offensive rating, the Celtics' offensive rating with Derek White is on the court is 110.7, which actually is not bad. It's pretty solid. Uh, but when he's off, it's 119.5, which is absurdly good. Absurdly good, like leading the league good. So we're 8.8. I think that math. Yeah, we're 8.8. So I'm bad at math, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, 8.8 points per 100 possessions worse on offense when Derek White plays. Only 11 games, but he plays a lot. I don't think that's totally insignificant. I don't. So we'll move on here, but. That's that's a huge, huge difference. So let's take a look at why a little bit. We will not find our answer here. And this next stat is assist percentage. How many of our buckets per 100 possessions are assisted when Derek White's on the court, right? Great indicator of healthy offense. Great indicator of healthy offense. When he's on, 64.8. When he's off... 62.3. So we're looking at 2.5 more shots per 100 possessions that are assisted when Derek White is on the court. Again, great indicator of healthy offense. And, you know, when Derek White's playing, we assist more of our buckets. That's good. Here's where we start to see the problems. And again, efficiency field goal percentage. Effectively, 53%, 52.9 when Derek White is on the court. 57.1 when he's off, which is a crazy number. Like, that is a crazy, crazy good number. So it's not like we're inefficient when Derek White's on the court. We just are absurdly efficient when he's off. So we're 4.2 points or 4.2% worse efficiency field goal percentage when Derek White is on. Not not ideal. Um, part of that is probably random variance because that 57.1 is like totally, totally unsustainable. Uh, but I, I'd say not for nothing, man. Not for nothing. Like, uh, you know, 11 games playing about 30 minutes a night. Like, 
that's not a zero sample size, right? We're not talking about when I try to make arguments for Aaron Neesmith, right? <laughs> We're talking about like, you know, five minutes a night in you know, 12 games or whatever. Uh, so true shooting, going to track, same thing, 56.5 when he's on, 60.4 off for minus 3.9, minus 4 in true shooting when Derek White is on the court. So we're just a considerably less efficient offense when Derek White's playing. Do with that information what you will. Another big indicator of healthy offense that I really like is how many threes are you taking? Because if you know anything about me, you know that I'm a huge advocate for Maury Ball. Shots at the rim, shots from three. When Derek White's on... 36.7 three-point attempts per 100 possessions for the team. When he's off, 37.1.4 less when he's on. That's, I, you know, that's not statistically significant at all. Uh, I think we're just making less of them (laughs) clearly by the EF, you know, the efficiency field goal percentage, true shooting percentage. We just don't make our threes as much. And I think a, Significant part of that is because Derek White is not shooting very well from three. I mean, at all. Again, he's shooting 26% from three, and he's taken four and a half a game. That ain't great. That ain't great. I think his shooting will come around, but right now, it's act, it like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's actively hurting the offense. Like His inability to make a three is actively hurting the offense right now. But hey. As we've seen, we saw for that net rating, right? 3.1 points per 100 better when Derek White's on. So something's going right. We will see what's going right very shortly here. Assist to turnover ratio. Derek White is an insanely low assist guy for how much he has the ball. That's an underrated thing. Uh, Those IT Celtics teams, our offense wasn't super efficient when it comes to like true shooting and efficiency field goal percentage with those IT teams, but we already has top 10 offenses, top five sometimes because we never turned it over. IT is also very low, low turnover. Um, so assist for turnover percentage, you know, when he's on, we have 2.29 assists for every turnover when he's off 2.05. Uh, so 0.24, increase in assists per turnover which is that's quite a bit that's 24 per 100 possessions um more assists than turnovers when Derek White's playing that's a lot that's that is legitimately I mean he is very good with ball security does not turn it over super helpful to maintaining an efficient offense turnovers per 100 possessions this is going to track we turn it over 11 time, 11.3 times when he's on the court per 100 and 13.4 when he's off. So we turn it over about two more times per 100 when he's off. And, you know, turnovers are the death knell for a team. Man, we've seen it. We've lost games because we've turned the ball over too much. So, uh, you know, it's important that he doesn't turn it over. That's very good. Free throw rate. This is for every one field goal, how many free throw, how many times do we get fouled and get to the line, essentially. So 
for every one field goal attempt, we get to the line 0.25 times when he's on and 0.24 times when he's off, increase of 0.01. So pretty much the same, but shooting a little more free throws, little more free throws when Derek White's on. And, you know, like I said, he's getting to the line pretty well. I don't know. I'm not sure that really means much. So takeaways here when we're looking at the on-offs for Derek White, the Celtics are clearly worse on offense when Derek White's on the court for these 11 games. Again, small sample size. He's still trying to learn the offense. He's trying to learn the players. He's trying to learn, you know, what they like to do, where they like to get his shots. It's tough. It's really hard to come into a team midseason and make it work. So this isn't super surprising. You know, I remember um, not the Hornets game, but I think the Nets game, White drove basically like right into Tice. He thought Tice was going to kick to the corner. Tice was trying to hang out in the dunker spot. And he basically like bumped into each other on a Derek White drive. And after the play, White was like, why didn't you go to the corner? And Tice was like, I'm supposed to be in the dunker spot, I thought. And it's just a function of two guys who are new to the team, not really knowing what they're supposed to do. That's natural. Long term, I'm not worried about Derek White and his effect on our offense. His shot isn't going in right now. Well below his career averages. I think this will work itself out. The assist percentage number really gives me some hope. Uh, But nonetheless, undeniable right now when he's on the court, the offense struggles some. So, okay then why the hell is he leading the team in net rating? Why are we three points better per 100 when Derek White's playing? Here we go. His How do the Celtics play when Derek White is on compared to when he's off on defense? This defensive rating number is going to jump off the damn page or the screen or... The audio. (laughs) When he is on, our defensive rating is 100, which is like best defense ever status. When he's off, it's 111.9. Still pretty good, but not best defense ever. So we give up effectively 12 points less per 100 possessions when Derek White is playing. That is obscene. Obscene. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Uh, you know, I think we that is that might be all I need to talk about for defense, right? But nonetheless, I've got a few more stats for you. So, opponents shoot 3.7% worse from the field when Derek White's on. They shoot 6.1% worse from three when Derek White is on. And I think watching the games, you can kind of see this because when it's smart, when it's white, when it's the Jays, and then it doesn't even, Rob, Al, even Tice, it doesn't matter. That defense, there is no one to attack. Even like Denver, you know, Jokic is the best post-up scorer in the league. Him or Embiid, 
they had like you can't white will be sturdy enough in the post that a double will come before Jokic can kill you right and then the team scrambles so well out of double teams that they just strangle other teams on defense when it's that white smart backcourt i mean it is crazy to watch it's like we have two marcus smarts really uh on defense which is incredible and not only that he's an incredible transition defensive player he blocks a shot a game for a guard i mean that is like d wade status he gets a steal a game so he's turning people over he's he can't be picked on i mean where do you attack that defense when it's smart white the jays and rob Williams? like Jalen Brown's the worst defensive player on the court. That's like not normal. Teams don't have defensive personnel like that. I mean, even some of the best teams, like take Miami, for example. Duncan Robinson can be attacked. Tyler Hero can be attacked. Even Lowry's very undersized. I mean, White is a legitimate 6'4". Lowry's, you know, barely cracking six feet. There's just nowhere to attack. And these defensive numbers could not be clearer about that. Could not be clearer. So, like I said, we are, when he's on, per 36 minutes, teams turn it over 10.4 times. When he's off, 9.8. Goes to how good our defense is no matter what. But nonetheless, you know, they're turning it over 0.6 more times per 36. And I think this is really, really an important one. When Derek White's on, teams are shooting 22.3 threes per 36 minutes. When he's off, 25.9. So they shoot 3.6 less threes when Derek White's on the court. So we are taking away threes. They're shooting way worse from the field. So that means they're not getting to the rim. They're not taking rim shots. So they're taking these bad ISO mid-range jumpers. And it's because of what I was just saying. It's because we're choking them out. There's no one to attack. There's no way to get the rim. There's no way to penetrate the defense, force help, and get kickouts for open threes. It just does not happen when White's out there. and. It's a lot like Smart in that his offensive limitations are clear. They're pretty obvious. Sometimes it's tough to watch, and it still does not matter because the defense is so incredibly good. Not only does it make up for the offensive deficiencies, it way, way way compensates for it like beyond i mean to the point where like this is just a team you don't need to score when you're choking teams out like this on defense i mean it's truly incredible and i think the eye test speaks to that because not only is he solid positionally not only is he solid on ball he's a great help defender for a guard one of the best i've seen really he takes charges he blocks shots he gets his hands in he just mucks it up he makes things difficult and 
when you've got Marcus Smart as the other guard doing all that stuff too, man, I would not want to play this Celtics team at all. So, I mean, that's the explanation for these crazy net ratings that Derek White's got is that has nothing, you know, he's just, he's good enough at offense. He's moving the ball. He's getting foul shots here and there, you know, he's making some layups. But the defense is just so good. It doesn't matter that we're kind of slightly below average on offense when he's out there. So interesting stuff. All right. So we've explained all that. I'm just going to very quickly want to walk through who he's playing with, how it looks. Um, And that's the two-man lineup data I want to walk through here very quickly. So maybe a little surprisingly, but if you think about it, not. He's played the most minutes with Grant Williams. And I think one of the big changes Yudoka has done uh, to spark this crazy run we've had is that he's been getting Tatum out early, even before White was on the team, and bringing in Grant Williams, which I love because then Tatum can come back in when Brown leaves and prop up those bench units. And Tatum, his entire career, has been able to prop up bench units. It's one of the most valuable things about him. Uh, so White and Grant come in usually for Al and Tatum. Grant and Derek White have been great together. 114 offensive rating, very good. 101.6 defensive rating, incredible. 13 net rating, that's great. Second most minutes played, Tatum. Everybody's played a shitload of minutes with Tatum. He just plays a lot. Um, and again, White's part of these bench units that Tatum's propping up and they obliterate teams, (laughs) obliterate teams, 117.5 offensive rating, 95.2 defensive rating for a 22.3 net crazy numbers, crazy numbers. That's great. Lots of times when Tatum comes back in, Al will probably come in, take Rob out. So uh alice is third most played with two man 168 minutes pretty good does quite a bit they're even better than tatum or grant williams together 118.6 offensive rating for a 95 flat defensive rating and a 23.6 net rating pretty crazy numbers so grant and white come in they take out Allen Tatum, and then they play together with Brown, Smart, and Time Lord for a little bit, a couple minutes, and then Tatum and Al come back in. That's great. That's working very, very, very well. You're not going to believe this, but he's also great with Jalen Brown, who is his fourth most minutes, 153, 118.7 O-rating, defensive rating. So actually the worst defensive rating so far, 16.5 net. Very good. Marcus Smart, the numbers don't really bear out exactly what I was saying as far as White and Smart playing together, choking other teams out. Um, I think this is kind of sample size, weirdness. You know, White's out there without Smart against other benches. So that's going to prop up his defensive rating some, and he's usually out there with Tatum and Horford. And Horford has been a monster on defense, especially during this crazy run. But regardless, 136 minutes with Smart, 
defensive rating, 9.6 net rating, still incredibly good. I mean, still incredibly good. Here's the weird one. Everyone else that Derek White has played with in two mans is a massive, massive positive. In fact, Smart's the worst other than this one at 9.6. And this is Time Lord, which is interesting because Time Lord's generally a huge positive. 109 minutes with Time Lord. Again, still pretty pretty small sample sizes we're working with here. The offensive rating is atrocious. 104.4. The defensive rating, not good. Not good. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not good. 109.1. Negative 4.6 net rating. When Derek White is on the court with Time Lord. Very weird. Very weird. I think, you know what? Let me get to Pritchard first. 93 minutes with Pritchard. 105.9. 86.5 defensive rating. 19.3 net rating. So, this is really strange. He's positive with every single one of our main players except Time Lord. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see that Tyson Neesmith are both massive positives with him too. So why? Why? It just looks to me, and I think we need to we need to track this. We should definitely, this is something to keep your eye on going forward is when Derek White and Time Lord are on the court together, what's happening? Why is this so bad? And I wonder if it's just small sample size theater, but I'm also concerned that maybe it's just at some point you don't have enough shooting, right? Like if it's smart, Time Lord, Derek White, You know, Horford, you're starting to have, that's like getting pretty close to Brickfest. And then, you know, if you throw Pritchard in there, okay, he can shoot, but he can't defend. Um, I don't know. That That's a weird number, man. Minus 4.6 net rating with Time Lord. Like, that is very bad. And again, this might just be a cause of they had 10 bad minutes together. Like, really, that, that all it could be. I'm not overreacting to that, but it is absolutely something to keep your eyes on. I'm not worried about the defensive rating so much, but that 104.4 offensive rating with Time Lord and the 105.9 with Pritchard, is there something there? Is there not enough shooting? Is there not enough rim pressure? I don't know. Let, let's look. You know, we need we need a bigger sample size there, but definitely something to keep your eye on. So I was not going to include Tice and Neesmith just because the sample's so small, but uh, Neesmith's numbers with Derek White are insane. So I figured to keep the propaganda rolling, I, <laughs> I had to do it. Uh, so I had to include Tice if I was going to include Neesmith too. So 55 minutes with Tice, 122 offensive rating, 95.6 defensive rating, 
27.2 net. Very good. That's great. Um, Tice is an interesting one. I don't think he's looked amazing with the C's, but I, I think he's looked hell of a lot better than Enos Cantor, and that's really all we need from him. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how much Tice has a role going forward. I think next year uh, Tice makes a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, they're crushing bench units in 55 minutes together. Okay. Okay. And then Neesmith, he's played 28 minutes with Neesmith. 145 offensive rating, which would lead all-time NBA offense ever by like 20 points. 78 defensive rating, which again would be the best defense by like 40 points of all time for a 67.6 net rating. So it begs the question, should Derek White and Neesmith be the big two we build around? Probably, probably, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, so those are all the stats I have. I think the Derek White stuff, I think it's pretty obvious what's going on with Derek White. And you are probably thinking, yeah, that's exactly what I would have expected, right? His shooting is detrimental to the team right now. It's hurting the team. There's... There's hurting the offense. There's no way to argue around that. And I think Charlotte was really sagging off of him. He's got to punish teams when he's being left open. He just has to. And I think he will eventually. But it doesn't even matter. If this is the worst offense we're going to see from Derek White, he's still a positive player because he moves the ball. He gets rim pressure enough. And he's so damn good on defense that it does not matter. It does not matter. Uh, He supercharges this defense, which is crazy because it was already one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense in the league. So anyway, that I think is, you know, a clear conclusion that matches the eye test. All the stats back it up. And that is where I'm going to leave it for this one. The Derek White breakdown. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm looking forward to see everybody's comments and and what they think. And I will be back next week. Y'all have a good one. Peace.